This week's episode was recorded for our first annual telethon in 2020. Enjoy this blast from the recent past. Hey everyone, uh, I'm Glenn. This is the awesome Marie, and she is dressed super cool today in an interesting sort of way. Here we are on our telethon, but for this segment of our telethon, we are recording live our podcast. Now, those of you watching the telethon may not know, we also have a podcast called Then Again. And those of you listening later on to Then Again, you may not know that we have had a telethon. (laughs) So... This is all sort of coming together here at the History Center, but we always have some great topics. We pull in some history, some pop culture, and things like that. But today, we wanted to talk about the Renaissance Festival and the the joy that it is and how people get interested in it, or at least while we get interested in it. It It's entertainment slash history. Not a whole lot of history, but it's history-ish. It's like history-inspired. It's the best way I can say that. Yes, it's it's history cosplay. Pretty much. (laughs) So. (laughs) But Marie, you have... So how long have you been going? I think the first time I went, I was like a preteen. I want to say like I was 13. So maybe like early 2010s-ish. And how did you end up there? I mean, but did you want to go? Or did you? I asked her to. Okay, so you didn't get dragged. You actually requested. (laughs) Yes, I requested to go to the Renaissance Fair. But why? Because it seemed fun. I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't actually dress up the first time because I didn't know that that's like a thing people did. And then I got there and I bought this because I was like, I need something. I need something to put on my head. Right. So you got that there. I got that there. I also got these elf ears there. And then I made this. They're not history, but they're super cool. And this actually came from the Tower of London. But Tower of London was there during the Renaissance. It was, but not at the Georgia Renaissance Festival. No. They pretend to have a tower. They talk about the Tower of London a lot at Georgia they Renaissance do, Festival. But there is not an actual Tower of London replica there. Right. So so your experience has been, would you say, exclusively with the Georgia Renaissance Festival? It is exclusively with the Georgia Renaissance Festival. In college, I went every single year with my friend, Brianna. And we've like, it's like a thing that we go every single year. But then, you know, we have cars and can take ourselves. Right. At that point, so. <laughs> so, so what, uh, what were your favorite parts? Love the went? joust. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things to go watch. Um, we also, Rihanna and I always watch uh, Barely Balanced, which is a really cool acrobat show there. Also, I just love going through the shops and um, getting to dress up and frolic about. <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> <To> frolic about. <laughs> It's a it's a fun place to go because said it was history cosplay. It pretty much it. Like like what I am wearing is historically inspired. I also have elf ears. Yes, and and that's okay. And that's okay at the Georgia Renaissance Festival. Yes, ex- exactly. It's They're, kind of like D and D come to life. Exactly. That's that's a that is an excellent description <laughs> because any I mean anything goes. You know, you have people walking around as quasi barbarians. You oh, can yeah. dress as your as a character from your favorite recent hit television show slash movie game of thrones three musketeers oh yeah the vikings oh yeah all that stuff and it doesn't matter because there are no there's no vetted process for the renaissance festival you just show up and you have fun part of it like if you're part of the cast well, if you're part of the cast, there are certain guidelines. I'm about to say there's certain things. There's a. I don't know, but you would you would be able to tell us about that. I've did, this is just from what I've observed. It seems like the Queen's Court they have to be a little more historical, historically based at least. They do. They do. They don't get to wear do. elf ears and wings. Right. Right. Everyone else, it seems like they can. 
But if you're part of King Henry's court, you need to at least kind of look there are, historically. There are, there are more, yes, there are more strict guidelines, but it is not, as we would call it in the reenacting world, mm-hmm. they are not campaigner, you know, quality. Mm-hmm. They're not all hand-stitched and you know, buttonholes, such and such and that. And and the, the patterns might be more convenient modern-wise than they are history-wise. But, yeah, so, and so Marie was, you know, she pointed out that I would have a better idea. So I did... Uh, work at the Renaissance Festival for several years. I only went one year as a as a patron, as a guest. This was when uh, my buddy Shannon and I decided to go because one of our friends had actually been working there a couple of years. She was speaking of the the D and D aspect of it. She was a, she was one of the fairies, yeah. right? And Renee was one of the fairies, and she was probably the most delightful fairy there ever was because she, I mean, she is. That's who she is. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. And she said, "Oh, it's fun. You should come. I know you would like it." And I'm like, "Ah, uh, maybe. I guess I would." <laughs> so Shannon and I drive down there and go into the Renaissance Festival. I'm looking around like this is pretty cool there's and there's some things and then as you say you went to the joust oh yes and you watched the joust or i watched the joust (laughs) and that was a transformative thing for me because like many young boys i had always dreamed of being a knight and riding on Mm -hmm. horseback and sword fighting and all those things and there's someone there they're doing it right there in front of me and I turned to Shannon. I'm like, as God is my witness, I will do this. <laughs> I w- and, and what's funny is, as I come to find out later with the joust, the joust has a loose script, but it doesn't always go according to plan because you're dealing with a lot of different variables, mm-hmm. right? You're dealing with, with horses. You're dealing with, uh, we're set, we, we got to see, I wanted to get there early to see it. So I'm right on the fence line, mm-hmm. right? And the the joust is going on and they're doing one of the games and the bad guy knight who in years to come would become one of my dearest friends and still is but i didn't know him at the time (laughs) makes this turn and his saddle starts to slip and in the middle of this turn he's he's leaning 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 and then he finally comes off the horse and he slams into the fence and there's just a sword flinging up and he's hits the fence and he's and i turned to shannon i said this is the coolest thing i've ever seen i want to do this so bad and and that was the moment that was the moment i mean yes that was the moment and um i bought a sword there because that's what you do you know you as you say you go in the shops and you buy something so i bought a sword which i could not afford i will tell you that right now could not afford that at the time but i got it anyway because i had a credit card i was in college they give uh, kids in college credit cards like crazy so i took that sword home and thought about it for a year and then i then i uh graduated and went to college but you went to the renaissance festival in high school so you started middle school or middle school so you started way earlier than i did actually yes was there nothing there that that made you want to do that to be there or was it i think that's also the time i started to get into reenacting so i was kind of already in that world Mm -hmm. a little bit i wanted to be you know the courtiers looked fun and I was like you know what someday that would be really fun to be but also I was 13 or 14 <laughs> right. and none of them they all looked like adults so maybe I could try to go be one now well the and you know the um you could now certainly you should do that yeah that'd be fun uh it's every weekend yeah and rehearsals and the, the I know the the court were always they have you know they're the most visible segment mm-hmm. of the uh, of the performers, rather or the street characters as we call mm-hmm. them, right? Because they're the, they're the king and the queen. Oh yeah. So people are drawn to them and they flock to them. They so have most, pretty outfits. They do have beautiful outfits, and most of their day is spent 
slowly walking around the site while people accost them and want to have their picture taken with the king and the queen. And they have to deal with all sorts of stuff. And, you know, people who want to be traitors to the crown and kidnap the queen and all this sort of thing. And it, bless their hearts, they have to put up with a lot. But they but they enjoy it. Yeah. So you would be great at that. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> so, oh, but so then, so then I go, uh, believe it or not, folks, to Georgia Tech my first year of college. Oh, I, that's what it was. I called the Renaissance Festival and I said, hello. I'm Glenn. I want to be a knight in the joust. And on the other side of the line, you heard, <sighs> here's here's this man's name. Here's his phone number. He's the one you talk to. Click. Because you can imagine, they get a call like that several times a day, every day, right? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to be a knight in the joust? Oh, yeah. And so I get that number, and I call it. And this guy picks up on the other side. He's like, Hello. Hey, I'm Glenn. I want to be a knight in the joust. <sighs> okay, well, can you ride a horse? No. <laughs> well, you know you have to ride a horse, right? Yeah, but I want to be a knight. He's like, look, you can be a squire. We're always looking for squires. We're having squire tryouts a couple of weeks from now. Here's my address. Why don't you come out and do some tryouts for that? I'm like, okay. There's anything I can do to prepare? He said, no, just come out. I'm like, okay. So then I go out on the appointed day and there are other people there nerds who have called and and listen to people go (sighs) we go out there and basically he just wants to see how comfortable people are around horses and things like that you know there's there's all kinds of history sword nerds that want to do this of course so they're they're history sword nerds and one of the the here's the big test there are rings i can show you the people on the camera they're they're about this big they're maybe about six inches in diameter and that is what the knights spear from your hand. So basically, you have to stand there like this with your hands up, sort of at 45-degree angles on either side, and the knights get their horses at a run going opposite directions and spear the rings out of your hand. And basically, if you could stand there and take that without flinching, you were in. <laughs> so I did that, Ooh. and I was in. Nice. Did you close uh, your eyes? I uh, know, because I was. I thought it was awesome. Oh, okay. Uh, this is and this is something else that's interesting. At least the the, at least the Knights of Pendragon, which was the the, the name of the joust there. Um, we we tended to very much enjoy that adrenaline. We were way too stupid to be scared of what we were doing most of the time. We just were. So we're like, okay, you're squires, so now come and help us do anything. The squires really are the ones who have to do all the grunt work and the groundwork to keep the joust going. We move props around, we take care of the knights, we give them water, we get the lances, we hand them their swords, all this sort of stuff. It is, there's not much glory involved in it. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn your way. And you know, this is, this, and, and it's not really the historic squire thing mm-hmm. where you're supposed to be learning how to be a knight. It really is just work. They're not really interested in teaching you how to become a knight. That's not, it's not the real world, so that's not the process. Mm -hmm. But it is still a fantastic amount of fun and camaraderie. You know, that camaraderie, I think, was very strong at the Joust. And and it was strong at the Renaissance Festival in general, very much the people who work there. They hang out after hours. They, you know, talk to each other during the day. They participate in little skits. A lot of it is, you probably noticed this, is extemporaneous and made up. Yeah. Right? It has to be. 
It like, has to be. Giant, giant improv stage is the Renaissance Festival. And, 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 and you probably, as a visitor, probably really enjoy that aspect of it. Oh, yeah. Because you get to play with them. Because, like, you just, know, William Shakespeare comes up to you while you're eating a turkey leg and wants to talk to you about Hamlet. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You mean forsooth. Yes. Forsooth, noble bard. <laughs> Speak to me of love. I didn't say that. No. <laughs> well, well, you should have and gotten him going. Because the people who, who perform these characters, if they've, if they've had this character for a while, mm-hmm. they do a lot of good research and, and they have to be good improv people or otherwise they just move on to some other stage job where they can you know, rehearse lines and, and just speak the lines. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a very interesting subset of civilization. It really is. And, you know, the, the people who visit enjoy it and the people who work there, sometimes, myself included, probably get far more into it than we than we probably should because you get there in the morning, you get everything ready. A lot of people spend the night on Saturday night. It's, it's, it's Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. and you don't want to have to go back and forth, you know, depending on how far away you live. So you'll stay on site. Uh, you know, there's a campground and things like that. Oh, okay. That that and especially the people who do this do the circuit right because there are people who make a living. Oh yeah. Doing this, the stage shows they will go from festival to festival to festival around the country. It's their job. It's their career. Mm-hmm. And so they have like a camper or something they can pull in. Or a lot of the booth people too, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is their their job. This is the way they make money and support themselves. So they will have, you know, things where they stay on site. They'll build their booth so they can sleep in the in the top when the festival's mm-hmm. going on and things like that. So it really is becomes a sort of community when the festival is open. And did, could you, when you were the visitor coming to the Renaissance Festival, could you pick up on any of that? Could you pick up on the close relationships that a lot of the shop owners and the street characters and folks like that have oh yes because they're whenever you know someone has like their shop seems slow they're over at the next booth talking to the other person because they're like oh we haven't seen each other in like a whole year we have to catch up (laughs) and like you you can definitely see the friendships that have formed and also the people build their own booths for the georgia renaissance festival yes because the georgia renaissance festival for for people who are not as in in the Renaissance Festival culture, you have permanent structure fairs and you have like non-permanent structure fairs. So non-permanent structure fairs are kind of what I would call more like reenactment fairs because like everyone just brings their own tent and right, set up a whole community for like the weekend or or however long the fair actually is. So they can get very elaborate. But sometimes it's a tent. And then you have like permanent structure fairs, which means like this behind us is there all the time. It just gets used only during Renaissance Fair season, which is usually March to May for the Georgia one. Other places around the country have them at different times because, like you said, people travel right. around. So you have to have them, like, staggered at different times so these people can all all travel. Because you want the, the good shop people. You mm-hmm. want the good shows. So yeah. they do. They do stagger it around the country so that the good ones can. There's very little overlap mm-hmm. in the Renaissance Festival world. The Georgia Renaissance Festival was originally on one site, and then back in 94 or 5, it's, it changed. They, they didn't move very far, but they, it, was, it was outgrowing itself, right? Mm-hmm. The, the popularity was such that it was having a lot more people come than the site could accommodate. So they had to buy property to put a whole new site on. Oh, wow. So that's the one behind us now that, mm-hmm. that you're used to going to. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it's the only the, one I've been to. It's the new site. I'm oh, sure okay. they just call it the site now because it's been 20 years. But when they have the new site, so 
the joust field and the front gate and all that are Renaissance festival structures. Mm-hmm. But if you're a shop owner, you're going to basically say, I would like to build a shop at your new site. And they'll say, okay. So you'll come in and you'll build the shop. You'll build the building. Mm-hmm. And it's yours, right? It's, it's it's your shop. And so it belongs to... It's on the Renaissance Festival site, but it belongs to you. So if, you know, if if for some reason you get off the circuit or you're not going to be able to make that year, you can rent it. You can sell it as long as, you know, there are certain conditions that Mm -hmm. it has to be maintained and and fit in and all that sort of thing. But, But the respective shops are owned by the respective shopkeepers mm-hmm. i don't know if you knew that i didn't know that yes. yeah okay you're smart yeah <laughs> i know people <laughs> yeah oh who do you know um so one of my uh friends who i actually do historical dancing with named alan is an astronomer at the georgia renaissance festival and he has his own like gazebo so what does he talk about he, he does like star sign readings oh cool things. yeah okay he, it, like his, his booth says like astronomer that's his official title right that is see that's cool there and there's all sorts of things there are people who take history and science from the renaissance and mm-hmm. build it into a character or a presentation or something like that which is really neat one time i saw leonardo da vinci the or leonardo da vinci the leonardo da vinci the inventor of the helicopter ladies and gentlemen <laughs> he was right next to the royal pavilion yes <laughs> and they also have things like rat catchers and village oh, yeah. idiots yes right and, and people that you can throw tomatoes at yes mm-hmm. yes there, i mean it, there's Parrots all sorts that talk birds of prey right Ooh, the birds Puppets. of prey show yeah those guys are fun because you know they're hawks and vultures and things like that and the guys have trained them like was an actual art form in the medieval and renaissance periods a big deal right mm-hmm. And so you have these eagles and hawks that will just swoop in over the crowd. It's it's that is historical, mm-hmm. and it's very very cool to watch. Oh yes, almost as cool as the uh, the joust. So here's another fun, interesting fact about about the inside. Every once in a while, usually on Memorial Day, because it's a three day weekend there mm-hmm. at the Renaissance Festival on Memorial Day, they would have what's called Prank Day. And on Prank Day, you could play pranks on your fellow performers and in stage. Now, what happened is you had to get pranks approved by the artistic director so that you didn't go off or ruin someone else's show or do something terrifically inappropriate or something like that. But, you know, most of the pranks were just good-humored fun and, and things like that. Uh, like one of the one of the funniest ones I remember is there was a particular... This was the year we did King Arthur, and Merlin is supposed to make a grand entrance at what's called the King's Hall stage, the mm-hmm. biggest stage. And they're doing the scenario, right? The King Arthur scenario. And they're talking about where is Merlin? And they go, look, there he is. And everyone points over to the doorway on the second floor where Merlin comes in, right? And so on prank day, he just decided that he would enter on the opposite side door, right? It's little stuff like this that's hilarious. So everyone goes, there he is <laughs> so one year this actually is what led to most of the pranks having to be approved by the artistic director because uh, all the of course uh, there's always someone yeah <laughs> well always in this case it was everyone oh good because people thought it would be hilarious in retrospect perhaps not but at the time if everyone caught the plague and died so at the middle of a very very busy day it was the appointed time came. Everyone had talked about this, and someone said, ah, the plague, and they began to fall on the ground and writhe and die a horrible death. Every single street character at the Renaissance Festival did this simultaneously. 
hilarious, and yet there were consequences. <laughs> You know, the artistic director, she, you know, she or he, at this time there were, there were two of them, suddenly look out and the Renaissance Festival, as fun as it is, is a business. Yeah. It is an entertainment business. And suddenly every single one of the entertainers was laying on the ground, not moving and not doing business. And so all the patrons are like, what? What's going on? And again, hilarious. And yet, woo, something that did not go over well. And so there was, you know, some chastisement over that. <laughs> I was not involved with that because I I was not a street character per se. I was back of the joust and we always hung out back of the joust, healing ourselves, resting up for the next time. And then um, when we heard about it, we're like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. Wish we'd, wish we'd been out there to do that. Anyway, so... Yeah, maybe not 29... Not not, not, 20, not the joke for 2020. Not the joke for 2020. No, not really. You've had some experience now here at the History Center making educational programming and things like that. Yes. If you were going to make your own Renaissance Festival, mm-hmm. besides an awesome joust by the Knights of Pendragon... It's true. It's true. What, how, would, how would you make the Renaissance Festival work? How would you do it? From a historically accurate standpoint or from like a fun... like historically inspired run fest fantasy standpoint let's, are we doing like a strict reenactment or are we doing like let's, a let's, frolic let's say both or at least a solid mixture of both okay. because you have done the true educational things are authentic now yes. and you and you did that before mm-hmm. but you've also gone to the festival and you understand that each has its place it does so how would you do a renaissance festival so i'm going to start with a story from renaissance festival where usually i'm okay where with with you know the non-historical things like the the fairy wings and the pirates and <laughs> like your and the elf ears and, and the elf ears like i like you know i'm like if it, if it looks like it's like from a D campaign like all in good fun there was one time during the joust where i think it broke me a little bit uh and my friend brianna was like i don't i don't you were not okay with that and this is it was so usually there's different themed weekends at the renaissance fair i don't know which one we I, i guess we ended up on like cosplay weekend where it was like very much Basically, the Joust wasn't a Joust anymore. It was Marvel characters. (laughs) Right. On horses. Interesting. And it was like Spider-Man and Batman and Poison Ivy. I think Superman was in there too. And they were kind of jousting. Kind of. Sort of. This is post Knights of Pendragon days, by the way, folks. It's definitely past that. So... That that's where I kind of got because usually the joust to me is like one of the more, not like pure historical aspects, but like, it's like the non fantasy part right. of the thing. It's more more historically based a little bit. So like, you know, Spider Man's on a horse with a lance, and I'm just like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> and I think the thing that finished me off. Was when, so basically it was like they yelled Avengers assemble and then they all just started fighting each other. Like just hand to hand combat. Uh-huh. Like not even. Not even swords. Not even stuff. like a sword. Not, there were some swords, but like hand to hand combat. And then Amblin stands up and yells, enough! And then pulls out double pistols. Like she's in a like old Western shoots out and then like shoots all of them. And they all fall dead. Yeah. That's when I was done. That, that was my limit of historical and fantasy meeting is Amblin with pistols. Like an old west shootout. Hmm. That was my limit. Yeah, we, we wouldn't have put up with that crap in our day. 
just for the record. That's awful. I, <laughs> so that's that was terrible. my limit. That was my limit. Because usually I am like, yeah, fairy wings and <laughs> stuff. Like, it's okay. But that, I mean, that kind of fits because people in the Renaissance believed in fairies, right? Yeah. People in the Renaissance believed there were elves out in the woods somewhere. Yeah. They so, did not believe in Spider-Man. They did not believe in Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh... I just don't think Anne Boleyn would have, like, you know, the King Henry wasn't anywhere to be found. He was away. And it was just Anne Boleyn presiding over everything. And she just, old West shoot out. Shot him dead. Shot Spider-Man. And that's when I was like, when the sentence that has to come out of my mouth is, Anne Boleyn shot Spider-Man with a pistol. (laughs) I didn't go to the Renaissance Fair. I don't know what I saw. All right. So I think that's, that's like my limit. I found I found my limit, and that right. that was my limit, um, because I like the historically based things, but of course I also enjoy the fantasy aspects a lot. And then, of course, historically accurate is everything is you know there, there would be none of the historically like there would be no elf ears, there would be no fairies, unless like it's a human dressing up as a fairy for a, pl- for for a, a play. For a play, yes. Um, so for for well, technically, you know, if we're going back really really far, theater hasn't really come about yet. It's a court mask true so it would very much there would be a very strict social hierarchy um you know very strict set of what people could sell if you're only selling historically accurate things you're not selling like some of the fun things there would be no food court right kind of like how it how it is so um i don't think of renaissance fair could exist as well as it does because we're using the modern conveniences to create the illusion if someone's, you know, if you're, if you don't have like, you know, an actual oven back there and you're, you know, over a fire roasting it on right. a spick, no one's going to get as much food as they actually need. So I, it has to be a happy medium if you're having the inner, as a theater person and a history person, you have to have a happy medium to make an actual good entertainment venue. If it's not just for reenactors, you're actually doing it for a public enjoyment spectacle. You should, st- you should be able to squint your eyes. Yes. And actually think you're back in the day. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, yeah, I, I agree. The, um, and you know, the, to, to borrow an academic term, medievalism, which isn't, <laughs> which isn't medieval, it's medievalism. It's like our perception, our today's perception yes. of what medieval period was like. Like how and, half of Windsor Castle is not actually from the Middle Ages. It is the Georgian interpretation of what the Middle Ages ex- was. Exa- exactly. And so, you know, the, the, the interpretation of the medieval and the Renaissance period. Mm-hmm. And I say medieval because... That gets it, thrown into the Renaissance Festival, it, it too. They, they pick up for, for storylines, for costumes, for decor, for everything. They're really picking stuff from about the year 1000 to about the year, what, Murray, 1600? Oh, yeah, easy. Maybe easy. a little plus, depending. Well, actually, I would say 1700s. I saw pirates in, like, true, 1700s true, coats yes, walking around. True. And three musketeers. Yeah. Right? There, was, there were three musketeers themes, too. So anything within Within, that, like, a 700-year range. Sure. And, and again, that's that's part of the fun. It is. Is, is you can... Meshing the time period. Yeah, it's a larger umbrella with uh, where you can have all these things come together. I think that's that's the fun of the Renaissance Festival is is... You know, even even if you and I went, you could dress as Renaissance elf lady, and yes. I could dress as Crusader Viking guy or guy in yeah in boring hoodies. <laughs> this is what I used to wear to the Renaissance Festival in the morning when I first got there, and we had to feed the horses. So this is sort because of- you don't have to wear a costume to go to the Renaissance That's Festival. That's true. You don't. And sometimes people ask me like, 
because I'm a you know huge costume nerd like what do I wear to the Renaissance Festival and I'm like okay well how like historical do you want to be how fantasy do you want to be because like you just have to make that decision like it has a personal decision that you just have to make the, the ones we always no we didn't make fun of them we just would nod and go yep was um teenage boy maybe in his 20s black cloak black biker boots samurai sword Yes. That is by far the most common, Very common attempt at a costume, quote unquote, that there was. So it is a great place to wear your cape that you don't have a chance a to wear to. Wear your cape. <laughs> you know, and I, my boyfriend included, they have to have a sword. You gotta have a sword. You have to have a sword if you go to a Renaissance Festival. Yes. Um I mean I have a dagger. Right. But I'll, and that's that fine. I'll take. So as long as you, you know, it's either because, you know, with weapons, you get to have weapons because you're part of the joust. That's right. Everyone else has to have fake weapons. Yes. Our, or our, peace tied. peace tied, yes. Um, but that's okay. That's fine. Folks, we could go on and on <laughs> because obviously this is something that we love. And I think for folks like Marie and I, if I if you tell me if I'm wrong, All but right. I, I think part of the joy of the Renaissance Festival is for people who live and talk and educate about history every day. We love it, but sometimes we want to have chill history we get a goof off we get we get to goof off at the at the renaissance festival we don't have to try so hard we can just we can wear capes and samurai swords and crusader helmets and renaissance doublets all at the same time at the same time and because it's not like we have to worry about oh no is this child actually going to think that this is how life was right you know it's it's historians on playtime. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but we have had a ton of playtime here uh, yes. for our live filmed podcast. And with that, we're going to say goodbye for now to the Renaissance Festival. And we hope you'll stay tuned for all the other great things we have on the History Center's first annual telethon. Then Again is a production of the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps other people discover the show. We also hope you'll join us for our free weekly live stream programs on Facebook Live and YouTube Live every week at 2 p.m. Eastern. Just search for the Northeast Georgia History Center and we'll pop right up. There are a few great ways to support the History Center. Make a donation online by clicking the donate button on our website at www.negahc.org. Become a digital member to receive exclusive invites to members-only live streams every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And you can register on our membership page at www.negahc.org. We also have an online gift shop with lots of great items for all ages. Use promo code THENAGAIN for 15% off your online order. Valid on anything except memberships and handmade items. We'll see you next week for another episode of Then Again. Thanks, y'all.